Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor at the Altamont Enterprise, here with co-publisher Marcello Yaya. Lots of news this week. I'm very, very proud of our front page story by Elizabeth Floyd Mayer. This is Anne Pope, who our readers are familiar with. We've certainly written about and interviewed her in the past. She is the director for the Northeast region of the NAACP. But we learned things about her we never knew, and you will too. Elizabeth went to a lecture by a um, Mississippi professor, Jason Morgan Ward, who's written a book, Hanging Bridge, about racial violence in Shibuta, which is where Ann Pope grew up. And she talked not just to Ann Pope, but also to another man whose father had grown up there about how that kind of racial violence affected them. And it's a, uh, a stunning story. Um, we have a story by Rose Schneider, A Journey of Healing from California to the Hilltowns, a profile of Joanna Bull, who had a has a fascinating life at age 80 and um, tells Rose all about how she came to be a Buddhist and the kinds of healing she has done with that. I have a story on the Environmental Protection Agency, which fined Voorheesville for violating the Clean Water Act. It was an $11,000 fine that Richard Riley, the village attorney, negotiated down to $6,200. Turning the page, we have a stunning work of art by Carol Coogan, illustrating the editorial that goes with Hanging Bridge. Um, the point of the editorial, as well as the illustration, is to realize that lynching is part of our past that we have to recognize and acknowledge. It affects our neighbors, like the people in the community on Rap Road who mostly came from Shibuta and built their homes in our midst. And um, there's a monument being built in Alabama to open next year to honor the victims of lynching. And we do not want to repeat history. We, we want to make sure that people recognize the atrocities for what they were. Um, our letters pages um, start with a nice one by Susan Hennessy, who directs the Gilderland Food Pantry and has noticed so many gardens in Gilderland and hopes people that have surplus will donate to the pantry because often those clients can't afford the fresh produce that is so healthy. The Old Men in the Mountain is amusing and informative at the same time as usual. And, you know, the Golden Years, he says, that's not a good name. <laughs> it should be the Rusting Years. After age 65, rust begins to settle in. I'm 64. I can't wait. Turning the page, we have an absolutely wonderful letter by Ginny Stewart. Her husband, Dan, was best friends with the man pictured here, Joe Murley who was a master craftsman of the old school and built just incredible machines. He was also a fan, because he worked late at night, of Jay Leno. He watched The Tonight Show, and he built for Jay Leno this fantastical grill. But he sadly died of cancer before he finished it, and Dan Stewart promised he would finish it, and he did. 
and friends Bill Claw and his wife drove across the country with it in their trailer, delivered it to Jay Leno, who's standing here with a framed picture of um, Merle, and treated them all to a nice grilled meal with corn on the cob in his famous garage where he has all of his antique machines and vehicles. This is a page of election letters from different towns. Lori Rodino, whose name is familiar to our readers because her family suffers from Huntington disease, and she's backing Kathy Burbank for town board in Gilderland. Kathy Burbank, she says, is caring and giving and has certainly organized fundraisers that have helped the Rodinos stay in their house. Marie Dermody in Rensselaerville is facing head-on what she thinks will become an issue since she's been nominated by the Democrats to run for town board. She had been the supervisor and stepped down, and she addresses that issue in this letter. Sean Lyons, who's running for supervisor in Bern, lobs a shot at Kevin Crozier, the current supervisor, and says he will act on the people's will, not his own. We have a lovely letter from James Gaughan, the recently retired mayor of Altamont, celebrating the village's parks, which he and his spouse, Keith Lee, had a great hand in. And he features the Schilling Park, which is on Maple Avenue. And this is a picture of when the village first bought it. And this is how it looks now with its lovely pavilion and gardens and maze and tot lot. And he, uh, Mr. Gon urges people to visit. We have a letter from Neil Tabor telling the Enterprise we should stop printing blotters and print bowling scores instead. He's the retired Altamont judge and also an avid bowler. We have a letter from Phil Carducci, who organizes the Altamont 5K Run, which is having its 20th anniversary. And Phil has planned, along with that, to have a free music fest, so you can read all about that. Here we have a page of letters dealing with Knox politics, many different viewpoints. We have a letter from Tom Wolf urging civility, from Ray Hand, who says pot, meat, kettle. And from June Springer, who gives her own view of what happened at the caucus, as well as from our frequent letter writer, Josh Von Hogg, who's now get graduated from college and is still very interested in his hometown politics. Here we have a letter from Nancy Free, the vice president of the Knox Histor Historical Society, inviting people to come to a week in the life of great Aunt Nellie on August 12th, the Saddlemeyer Homestead, and this is a washing machine that was patented in 1872 and was built in Knox. It's one of the things that will be on display. Laura Tenney writes a lovely letter on the revived Westerly Youth Program and how it helped with community spirit. We also have a column by Linda Miller on the community caregivers, and there's a series planned for anyone who would like to attend on understanding and coping with Alzheimer's and memory loss. We have a column by Frank Palmieri, who is trying very hard to stop swearing and get some advice on that subject. This is a jump on the EPA fine, and you can see in this map of the United States 
The dark areas are ones that require what's called an MS4, which is a municipal separate storm sewer system, one of which is in Voorheesville and where the violations occurred. And it just gives you an idea of where there are pockets of population, mostly coastal, and these MS4s and their regulations serve about 80% of the population, although they cover less than 4% of the land. Another map on this page, this time of Westerlo, and the thicker lines here are the proposals of where internet would go if a new contract is signed with Mid-Hudson Cable. There was some board disagreement, but they decided to proceed with a public hearing so that if it was a go, the company could meet its deadlines for a grant. On the bottom, we have um, a story about a new initiative by the Albany County Soil and Water Conservation District where a slurry with grass seed in it and also mulch is sprayed onto bare ground after highway work, making grass grow much more quickly, preventing erosion and protecting water. And um, this is an option that's open to municipalities in Albany County, and we encourage them to look at that. This page has a very sad story by Rose about a Greenville man, just 26 years old, who crashed off the road in Westerlo, and he was dead. It was a fatal crash. Um, next to that is a story by Rose about the latest on Knox attempting to set up a second business district. There's just one now with no businesses currently operating in it. But once again, it was a split vote. Last time, Dan Hanley was absent. It was two to two. This time, Earl Barkham was absent. The vote was two to two. And it had uh, political undertones in the discussion because Amy Pacorny, a councilwoman who is against the business district at that place, 156 and 157, those routes, um, based on Planning Board and Conservation Council recommendations. And she is challenging the supervisor, Vasilios Lefkadidis, who is very much for the district and development. At the bottom of the page, um, we have a picture by Michael Koff of a new pavilion with new picnic tables that were built by SEFQ volunteers. And this is part of Wildwood Farm, where um, Wildwood... Clients are learning skills about farming, and there are um, people with disabilities who are helping to feed the poor with the food that they raise. <clears throat> this is the jump on Elizabeth's story with the portraits of the two people with Shibuta Roots in Mississippi. Um, she spoke with Samuel Johnson, whose father, John Johnson, was a pastor who grew up in Shibuta. This is a picture of him right here with a group from his church in the 1950s. And he helped 100 families um, get north from what he saw is a very brutal, racist south. And his son got his driver's license and helped drive the family Cadillac, which could hold 10 or 11 people with kids sitting on laps um, to to leave unbeknownst to, to the whites that had held them in, in thrall. Um, the other page is devoted to Ann Pope's memories. 
who found a very strong African community, African-American community there, the churches, the teachers, and most of all her family, her mother, who didn't implant hatred or distrust or fear. And two of um, Ann Pope's siblings still live in the area, and um, they got their strength from each other. That's a picture of the bridge where the terrible um, lynchings took place, one in 1918, Two brothers and two sisters hanged, one in 1942, two boys hanged. And this is the professor, Jason Morgan Ward, who wrote the book about those lynchings, using that as a way of looking at the larger issue of racial violence. Turning the page, we have a follow-up on Justin Hope's case, our readers might remember he's a Gilderland man accused of sexually assaulting a disabled person in his care at his Gilderland home. The case was dismissed by the judge, not because of anything to do with the specifics of it, but it's a larger issue. The Justice Center, which is newly created by the governor and legislature and has its own prosecutor, who prosecuted the case, and the question is, can someone who's not a district attorney, not elected, prosecute a case? And so the story takes a look at that issue. Um, two other local arrests, Marvin Sanz of Bethlehem, sentenced to two years for sexually motivated felony, Michael Rizal, pleading guilty to attempted burglary, having police say thrown a brick through a house in Bethlehem, um, other arrests, as always. And on this page, we have a look at two different ceremonies that were held last week for Major General Green, who died in Afghanistan, grew up in Gilderland. Steve Oliver, with the American Legion Riders, who's also the highway superintendent in Gilderland, was spearheading a, a movement to name part of a road in Gilderland after the Major General. And in this ceremony, the sign was unveiled. And the following day, there's an annual ceremony at his home planting American flags. This is his widow, who is herself a retired Army colonel. Other news from senior citizens, and I'm going to just set this section aside for the very end, so special. We have um, here Gilderland welcoming the world to the Maccabee Games. This is a Jewish Olympic-style competition hosted by the Jewish Community Center in Albany, and Michael Koff was there for the pomp and circumstance as well as some of the competition. Mexico uh, parading at the opening ceremonies with their sombreros. Israelis waving their flags, the lighting of the torch to start the ceremony, and then two games that were played in Gilderland. Here is um, a basketball game where the Israeli team won, <laughs> and here is a soccer game where the Mexican team won, and here is some vivacious dancing to the beat of the Maccabees. At our libraries in Altamont, the Summer series will be closed this Tuesday when Rusticator performs in Orsini Park. And the Voorheesville Library had Big Truck Day at the Voorheesville Firehouse, which was covered by Michael Koff. 
and here you can see someone enjoying a very big truck. Well, a grandfather takes a picture of one of the people that actually know how to run that truck. And turning the page, we have our classified ads and something new in Rensselaerville, Midway to Mardi Gras. And Greg Speck, a retired BKW teacher, came back. He was known here as Captain Squeeze. He now lives in New Orleans and played for the parade. Candy was tossed to the crowd and a pig was roasted. Out and about, there's a lot going on. We have the Classic Theater Guild putting on a play for children, Robin Hood, which will be again this upcoming weekend, as well as Love's Labor's Lost by Shakespeare, again in the shadow of the Helderberg at Indian Ladder Farm, and it's free. The Women's Press, Press Club is honoring several people, including... Kristen Gillibrand, New York State Senator, and myself. So I'm very honored um, to, as a weekly journalist, be included in a stellar group. Um, St. Lucie St. Bernadette's is sponsoring a tour to Prague, Vienna, and Budapest. And B'nai Shalom has a new prayer book for the High Holy Days and is welcoming everyone to their services. After we get through our legals pages, we have the jump on Joanna Bull and a fascinating life she's led. One of the things she did was found Gilda's Club for um, people who have been diagnosed with cancer. She'd been a therapist for Gilda Radner, who died of ovarian cancer, and um, Radner's husband, Gene Wilder, worked with her to form these clubs uh, that across the country offer support for people diagnosed with cancer, as well as just fun and camaraderie. And you can listen up as our bloodhound mascot, Beulah, is doing, because we have a podcast, a conversation with Joanna Bull, where you can hear more. Our obituaries this week include Bonnie Ray Thomas Foster, who her family says her singular passion in life was being a devoted wife, mother, and grandmother. She was also a gifted artist with her needle, part of the Locust Knoll group, and she taught sewing at the Helderberg workshop. William Gipp, his family's longtime farmers, Gipp Road and Gilderland's named after them. He farmed, and um, although he wanted a small service, he was such an RV enthusiast. A lot of his RV friends came and and celebrated his life. Harvey Swart is described by his family as a generous person, not only with his finances, but with his talents. Student news, we have more deans listing graduates and congratulate them. The pictures are by Michael Koff of an annual Letterman's Tournament, and this year was the 20th. It hardly seems possible it's been that long, but um, this golf tournament and other events raise funds for scholarships for Gilderland student-athletes. And in the business corner, we have some news there. We have on our sports page pictures by Michael Koff, the start of the Hilltown Cripple Crown. It started with a bang. There's Kevin Crozier <laughs> firing his rifle. He's the supervisor up in Burn. as these runners are on the bridge across the Fox Creek, and we can see the winner already has sort of a head start. Here he is. He was way out in front, Nor Noah Valvo, and the two females battled it out to be first near the end, 
ultimately it was Dana Peterson who, nope, Dana Peterson came in second. It was Aaron Murphy who came in first. Congratulations to both of them. And our back page has some useful information on the Capital Region getting $6 million for food relief work, a big chunk of it going to the Northeastern New York Food Bank, which we frequently write, to, write about, $4.7 million. And an antidote for opioids is now going to be available across the state at low cost. Good news. Finally, we're moving to our special section this week because the Altamont Fair is coming to town next Tuesday. Lasso some fun. That's a contestant in last year's um, Miss Altamont Fair competition taken by none other than our own Michael Koff. Rose Schneider has talked to Amy Anderson, the director of the fair, about its theme of returning to basics. In addition to the Midway, which everyone knows about, there are a lot of animals being shown by kids who care for them. There are museums. This one is about railroad um, history. And there is Amy holding a potted plant, and there will be plants like this around the fairgrounds, encouraging people to do their own gardening. There will be old toys, including some of Anderson's on display. And once again, we have kids with their animals, and that boy looks very comfortable with his cow. Turning the page, um, I spoke with... Lori McCormick, the assistant superintendent for the Blue Ribbon Culinary Center, and there are tons of activities planned for kids as well as grown-ups. One of my favorites was kids are going to make a campy dinner. She said, picture the hot dog roll as a canoe, and then they put pretzels in for arms for two paddlers, and it's going to be on a sea of blue corn chips. Pictures by Michael Seinberg, capturing some of the fun at the Midway, which will be back again this year. Community calendar, there's tons of stuff going on besides the fair. I spoke to a, a man by the name of Michael DeShallot, who uses both, he's a hypnotist and a magician. So he tricks people in his magic shows, but he uses his hypnosis for therapy. And he's going to have a show where the audience gets involved. And he said, for example, he will get guys to think they're pregnant, too pregnant to get out of a chair. Elizabeth Floyd Mayer talked to Tommy Breen, who we first interviewed 13 years ago when he was just out of college at Rutgers and was going to do the summer, summer thing with a fair. He's still there 13 years later. In addition to swallowing swords, he now works with snakes. And he, part of the team, includes Dizzy Diamond, who is strapping Trixie Turvey into a straitjacket from which she will release herself while dangling. And the back of the section tells many other things going on at the fair. We'll see you there.